Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. Uh, today, my guest is Jeremy Kaufman, uh, founder or co-founder and uh, CEO of Library. Jeremy, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and it's great to be here. Yeah. So can you tell listeners... Um, what library is about? Let's just start with the basics. Sure. Uh, so there's a, you know, when you're, when you've got a, a startup, they say you're supposed to have one sentence to describe it. Uh, you know, I've got two, mm. uh, uh, I've got a hard one and an easy one. Uh, the hard one is that library is a decentralized and distributed open source protocol that facilitates the discovery distribution and purchase of digital content. The easy one is mm. you take YouTube and you remove Google, you know, you build a service where people can watch stuff, check it out. And then, uh, and there's no, there's no company in charge of it. What about, um, monetizing the content, you know, providing it for free. It, it takes servers, it takes infrastructure, programming, et cetera. So how would this work? Um, it would be great to have YouTube and on all this other great content, not under the thumb of, you know, a large corporation, but what's the alternate model? Yeah. Uh, so the model here is uh, a protocol that facilitates the the things that you need to do to to either share or purchase digital content, right? Uh, and that's in fact why it's LBRY. It's a, it's a it's a protocol just like HTTP or or other web protocol. Um, and so what library is is it's a technology uh, that anyone can use, anyone can implement. It's a standard. Uh, and you know creators get 100% of the price that they want for their content. And it allows, you know, anyone to publish something, anyone else in the world to consume it and access it. And it's an entirely decentralized system. So, okay, so you have the whole system free, which is great. So I guess the way that um, you can afford to work on it and do development is through the token? Or is there another mechanism I'm not aware of? That's right. It's it's through the token. Now, I mean, we are, uh, to be clear, we are a, a, a for-profit company. Uh, and we are open to ways that we can make, mo- you know, make money in terms of contributions that we provide to the ecosystem. But the technology that drives all, and so when I say things like that, you know, like there are other things that happen uh, on top of, you know, those could be consulting services, those could be, um, you know, value-added services and things like that that we provide. Uh, but the fundamental technology is an open source technology that can be implemented and used by anyone and can be used without our permission. So what's some of the initial content you're seeing on, I guess you call it the library network? Uh, you know, what are you seeing people are, are preferring to put up there? Uh, so 
we've been getting uh, a pretty wide mix of stuff. So uh, at the at the top end, you know, we have a Hollywood studio on library and you can watch a film with David wow. Cross and Julia Stiles and it costs you about five dollars. Uh, and that film has made uh, tens of thousands of dollars. I think we're looking at like over fifty thousand dollars or something like that 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 film has made uh, on our network, um, which is uh, there's like an is actually somewhat of an indie film, but it's a uh, it's been doing great for them. Uh, you can find you know YouTubers uh, like Casually Explained, you know Eli the Computer Guy, uh, YouTubers with you know millions of followers, and they're available on the library network. And then you can find you know kinds of. <laughs> Uh, stuff related to crypto and Bitcoin. There are people who publish their, you know, investment guides and investment advice and all, all kinds of crazy and different things, you know, where there's hundreds of thousands of pieces of content available right now. What do you do about um, copyright and DMCA notices and, you know, it, how does library interact with those or, you know, how does it sidestep having to deal with those? Uh, yeah, so that's a, that's a complex question and it kind of has to be answered at, at different levels. So, uh, <laughs> first of all, you know, we're a, uh, there's a, a protocol level. So there's a, an aspect of library that's a technology. And then there are services that we as a company provide, right? So at a protocol level, library is similar to something like HTTP, right? You know, HTTP doesn't fundamentally have some kind of copyright prevention mechanism, right? You can't DMCA HTTP, right? It's a, it's mm. a protocol, yep. it's a technological standard. Now, we as a company release applications. Uh, we also provide search services. Uh, and those things, we will fully abide and comply with all of the United States law. I mean, I think that's important. Uh, so those kinds of things. Um, if, so, for example, we can, as a company, as Library Inc., can receive a DMCA request. And we would then filter that from the search results that we provide um, and, and, and you know, basically prevent access from it in things that library inc uh you know releases uh but the the uh, that's not uh that doesn't remove it or in any way from the underlying you know protocol or network okay so if you do get a request you can take it out of the uh the network okay no we can't we can't take it out of the network but we can filter it from access via our uh, you know the the, via our official application right Right. Yeah. How do users uh, access library right now? What are the mechanisms they can use to use it? Uh, so they can download a, a, a browser on all operating systems. So it's available on Windows, OS X, and Linux. Uh, you can get it at lbry.io slash get. Uh, and it's just, you know, an easy install. You just run it, you open it. It's um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Steam or, or other applications that you'd be used to running as a desktop application. Um, and you can just you know find stuff and and click on it and watch it and access it. You know you don't the, the user experience is it's actually a lot a lot unlike other crypto experiences, which tend to not be very user friendly. In our case, it's install something, click on stuff, get it. You know you could use this, you could show it to someone, they would have no idea. Uh, you know it, it's a it's a blockchain based thing. Um, we, we're trying to make this as as user friendly as possible. Um, to the outside person, you know they don't unfortunately. A lot of people, I don't think, care what YouTube does to advertisers, what YouTube does to content creators, you know, if it pays them fairly or not. How are you going to get a critical mass of users to use library and for them to care that the uh, the content creators are being treated more fairly? 
Yeah. So, well, first of all, there are people who care. Uh, we've, um, you know, met hundreds of thousands of people who care. Uh, so I don't think that it's, it's, it's no one who cares. Uh, but the, uh, but beyond that, um, you have the ability to basically in terms of, so this is, uh, from, uh, from a business perspective, I would call this like past attraction, right? How do you take something where you're, you're creating what's essentially a two-sided marketplace? How do you go from, how, how do you build that up? Cause it's, a, it's a, always a hard problem. Uh, and the answer in my opinion is, uh, you know, you continue to work at the margins. So you find the people who are underserved, who benefit the most, who respond to it in some way, and you make it as good for them as you can. And you keep building from there, uh, at the margins and, and you potentially land in new areas as well. Um, we have, uh, you know, one really nice aspect of this is that we do have this token that powers the entire system and all of the people who, you know, hold this token end up being, uh, you know, little, uh, little minor stakeholders who are interested in driving the adoption and success of the network. And so it's really cool to see uh, the entire library community. Like we have 10,000 people who hang out in a chat room and are really excited about the technology. And so much of what happens is community or, is, you know, community driven. Okay. So, you know, the mass of people to, let's say, um, you know, I'm famous in a given community. I'm coming out with a movie or a documentary or a new music video. I tell my followers, hey, we're putting it on library instead of YouTube. Come and get it there. It costs this much or it's free, et cetera. But it's, it's my job essentially to rally my fan base to come to library. Yeah, that is one of the yeah, that's one of the things that we look for people to do. Right. Cause it, but it makes sense if you're a YouTuber right right now, you are giving up 45 percent of all of your profit goes right to YouTube just for moving a file to, to one of your viewers. And then YouTube changes the rules on you whenever they want. And, uh, and it's a, it's a single company that owns the entire thing. It's not, you know, it's not a standard. It's not controlled by the people who use it. And so this is just a completely different paradigm. We have the ability to create these experiences that are just like, or very similar to the experiences that we have on the centralized web, which let me be clear, user experience wise, they're fantastic. They're amazing. I love like YouTube is a very well-designed service. I wouldn't criticize it there. Um, uh, we want to make that happen in a way that is owned by the people who use it instead of by a single company. Makes sense. Okay. So um, right now, again, you have diverse content up there. Is this going to go beyond videos? Are you going to have uh, PDFs, books? I mean, what kind of stuff are you going to have up there? Yeah. So in fact, there are PDFs and books on there already. In fact, uh, I, I, when I, first created the company, I used to talk about it much more ambiguously and abstractly. Like it's this, uh, it's this protocol that maps URIs to a definition of bits and anyone can discover and purchase them. And then like people just sort of scratch their heads and be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And so I, you know, I sort of refined it as I explained it to really focus on, you know, Hey, let's talk about building a, you know, building a, a, a YouTube without Google, because that lets us really get the project started. And it's just as good of a use case as any other. In fact, it's one of the best. And so we've focused on that particular use case as a way of getting the whole company going, right? It's part of that, that path to traction choice. Uh, but uh, we, uh, as a technology, it's, it doesn't care. It, it'll move whatever. Uh, and, and we will continue to expand on those use cases as we grow. How fast is library growing? And what, how, at what point do you think it's going to be uh, really universal and everywhere? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, that, that second question is, is very difficult to predict. So I'll probably punt on that one. Uh, but in terms of the growth that we've experienced this far, I'm happy to talk about some of that. Um, so we're pushing, yeah, uh, yeah, pushing 300,000 people 
um, who have either uh, actively participated or signed up to participate in the beta. Um, We've got something like uh, 2,000 creators totaling some tens of millions of followers and something like uh, we may be in the tens of billions of views across all the content on the networks that it came from. Um, If not, we're getting close to that number. Um, uh, we've got, we've got, you know, some, some nice, uh, uh, you know, upper tier content as well as user generated content. Uh, there's actually a whole backlog of pieces that we're still trying to, to get up and sync on the network that we have permission to sync. Uh, you know, so we're at like a hundred thousand pieces right now, but I think that, uh, we'll be at several hundred thousand in no time, just as we continue to sync some of the stuff that we've got permission to get up there. Uh, and, uh, all of that growth has come from nothing. It's come in the last year. Uh, so I, I think it's just going to keep going from here. Um, what about the, uh, the library token? You know, it, it was used to raise money. What's, does it, what uses does it have now? Is it just speculation and, you know, where would the value go and why, what would change the value of it in your mind? Yeah. So the token is used, uh, it has a couple of different purposes on the network. So the token is used to purchase content when the content has a price. And the token is also used to reserve space in the content catalog. Um, so in its most fundamental nature, what library is, is a uh, you know, distributed censorship resistant database of digital content. And the blockchain, the use of that asset is a hard requirement um, to participate in that system. Uh, and that is uh, you know, one of the sort of core insights and innovations of library is that very idea. Uh, and so... Um, actually, unlike a lot of other blockchain assets, I think library has a a very clear and uh, required usage if library is going to do something useful at all, right? Like library is not, we're not, library is not, we're not claiming that it's money. We don't want it to be money. Library is a, you know, a token that is used to participate in this distributed protocol. Okay, very good. What, what kind of development do you have on the work right now? What kind of changes and updates are people going to see in the library network in the next six months or year? Some of the biggest things coming are discovery features, uh, new search, new tagging, new ways of finding content on the network. Uh, we are very interested in bringing it to mobile, and we are very close to having uh, the, the daemon running on mobile. Um, performance is a big one, and it's been something we've struggled with from the beginning. It's been getting better consistently, uh, but we want to get it fast and snappy and as, uh, you know, as YouTube-like as possible, which is uh, a very difficult technical challenge when you're talking about building it in an entirely distributed way. Yeah, I, well, without getting too technical, can you describe what is the the most difficult challenges you guys are, are trying to overcome to keep it, you know, decentralized? Uh, in in terms of keeping it decentralized, I don't think we're facing too many threats there, right? Uh, it's it, it, but to compare what you're trying to do, you know, you go to watch a YouTube uh, a video on YouTube. And it's a very, very simple interaction. Um, you go to watch a video. We're, we're trying to build that same thing in an entirely distributed way. And it's just, it's more complex what's happening uh, in terms of everything from how you uh, resolve the URL to how you start fetching and accessing the content. It's, it's more complex and it's not as, uh, in sort of the, you know, the first implementation, we, it's not as performant as we would like it to be. It works as one of two things. Okay. Yeah. What, what other... I mean, I guess, yeah, that's a, that's a good description. So what, do you have any specific targets on your roadmap for the next six months or a year? You know, what, uh, what events are coming or is it just, Hey, we're working on it. We'll update you as we go. Yeah. Well, so the, you know, we're, we're in this sort of, um, stealth 
data right now. Uh, we, we have plans for some significant PR and marketing pushes that we're waiting to hit certain milestones in terms of um, performance and other things. You know, like we, I, so I've built a SaaS startup before. I've grown a SaaS startup uh, uh, to, uh, to millions of users. And I know a little bit about how you have to, you know, you want to get a product to a certain state before you really try to, to shove it hard. And uh, we're still in the state where it's not quite as uh, where we want it to be. So for the early adopters and for the kinds of people who are into crypto, there's a lot of enthusiasm that I don't think, and we're going to keep working with those people to make it better, but it's not quite where it needs to be to, you know, to really push it. Any, um, any other networks or tokens that, uh, well, not really the token, but any other networks that are similar to what you're doing? Um, I know it's different, but is there any interaction with storage or Sciacoin or Filecoin? Would that help you guys? Or is it just kind of its own ecosystem and it's not really going to interact with you? So there, there's not any interaction with that currently. Uh, we're very open-minded about that. And it's something that we would consider adding to the protocol or to the software because there are, it doesn't, we're not convinced that the data resolution piece of the library network has to happen solely via the library protocol. We think it's important that it have a, have a native method, but if, if it's helpful uh, for it to resolve to other protocols, you know, that's conceivable. Uh, I don't think that there are other um, other technologies that are, are quite structured the way that library is in terms of the focus on uh, the ability for a blockchain to be just a really fantastic solution uh, just as, a, as a digital catalog and as a, as a payment mechanism for items in that digital catalog. And, and so, uh, yeah, I don't think that there are any other companies that are doing it quite the way library is. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, if, you, um, if there are any you want to, if there are any you know of or so on. Yeah, no, I definitely let you know. I just uh, in looking at again the decentralized storage uh, applications. That's why I mentioned again Sciacoin storage, which you know, it's what's going on with them, and Filecoin. I don't know yeah, if that yeah, would be of a help all, to help to you guys. All of those approach it as as like file contracts, like they want to provide contracts for the for the provision of data, and library isn't approaching it that way at all. So, how do you think that library is going to evolve over the next year in terms of the content? Do you see a shift in what people are posting? Do you see um, a tipping point where there's X amount of content posted and it really causes an avalanche of more to be posted? You know, what, and I know it's all crystal ball type stuff, but what do you think? Yeah, will I mean, happen? so, I mean, we're, we're, we've basically been seeing, you know, something like exponential growth. So thus far, I want to, I want to keep it there because that's a wonderful property to have. Uh, I think that we will continue to, to find content at all tiers, um, you know, uh, everything from more uh, high tier stuff to, to top YouTubers to, uh, to yeah, let's have some breakout hits. Let's have some stuff published to library that ends up being, uh, you know, um, their first and important and significant. And I think that can happen in the next year. Well, very good. So how can listeners start participating in the library network and uh, find out more about it? Yeah. So if you go, if you go onto our website at lbry.io, uh, it's a, a great introduction to everything we've got. Uh, you can download the application and start interacting with it right away. Um, we do offer a, a rewards program as well. So there's some uh, some sort of uh, basically free, some credits that you can get for, for joining as a new user. Uh, you can publish stuff, you can find stuff, you can watch it. Uh, you know, you can follow us on, on all of the various social media places if you want to know uh, what we're up to. Uh, and you can also uh, hang out with us and contribute and so on. Uh, we have a very active chat at slack.lbry.com. Uh, 10,000 people in there right now. And 
an incredible amount of what happens on this project is done by the community and community members. And so whether you're uh, a developer, a designer, a writer, any number of things, you know, if you've got skills, if you can contribute, it, hundreds and hundreds of people have gotten us to where we are this far and thousands of people will uh, be doing it in the future. And, uh, you know, come talk to me, talk to us and, and join what we're doing in creating this, you know, truly content freedom. Jeremy, great. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. And I really appreciate it. Thank you, Richard. It's great to be here. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.